Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, March 17th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we've got some Orioles news and notes to hit from Wednesday's camp to get to here on a Thursday episode. We're going to start with some injury news to the Orioles' top prospect. What does Adley Rutschman's injury concern mean for him and for the Orioles heading closer and closer to opening day? Then we'll talk about two minor league signings, but two guys who didn't just come from free agency, two guys the Orioles brought back, a couple of right-handed pitchers in Connor Green and Chris Ellis. We'll talk about what they did for the O's in 2021 and what they could do for the Orioles in 2022. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we've got a news and notes episode here on a Thursday. And again, as I've talked about here on this podcast, the plan was to not go daily five days a week until next week. But we got a lot of Orioles news coming out of camp. So let's get to podcasting. This is kind of going to start the foray throughout the season, five days a week, Monday through Friday. You'll get a brand new episode of Locked on Orioles here in your inbox. And again, if you're liking this podcast, please Subscribe to the show, follow the show wherever you listen on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever it may be. If you are an Apple or a Spotify listener, if you could leave a rating and a review on those apps, that really, really helps out. And then, of course, if if you're watching here on YouTube, we now have a YouTube channel, the Locked On Orioles YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that red subscribe button as you watch. Make sure to like the videos, leave some comments. Really, really helps out a lot if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel. Even if you're just an audio listener and you don't plan on watching on YouTube, you can just head over to YouTube, click a quick subscribe to the Locked On Orioles channel. Really, really helps me to continue to bring you more and more Orioles content throughout this season. But Because of all that, just want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. And for your first listen today, some Orioles news and notes that starts with, well, some kind of tough news coming out of Orioles camp. Now, we talked on yesterday's episode about how the Orioles had announced on Tuesday that Adley Runchman was going to be shut down for just about a day because he had some elbow soreness. They're going to take it day by day, give him a day of rest, and see if he could come back later in the week. Well, things have transpired and become a little worse for Adley Rutschman because the news from Brandon Hyde on Wednesday morning is that Adley Rutschman is dealing with a tricep strain in his right throwing arm. He will be shut down for two to three weeks. And if you do the math, even if it is the two weeks, that puts him at March 30th that he's back. Opening day is April 8th. He could maybe, if everything went perfectly... Be back for opening day. But if you put it at the three weeks, that is April 6th. No way he's playing in games. He'll have to get reared back up for probably about a week after that. So uh, I would guess Adley Rutschman may start this season on the injured list unless everything goes perfectly smooth with this injury. And of course, it does leave a little concern besides just the two to three weeks to maybe a month at most as he gears back up for games that he's going to miss because it went from elbow soreness one day. Now it's triceps two to three weeks the next day. And you always get worried about 
catchers, and obviously pitchers are number one. This is something I talked about on yesterday's episode. Pitchers are number one. If you hear elbow soreness, you hear other muscles in the arm, you start to think, are they putting too much pressure on those other muscles because something's wrong with the elbow? And in the end, it becomes Tommy John. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening with Adley Rutschman at all, but We've seen Matt Wieters have to go through this already, get Tommy John, miss the entire 2014 season for the Orioles. Maybe that playoff series ends differently with the Royals if they have Matt Wieters in that lineup. But either way, it makes you worry about Adley Rutschman. And you hope, you know, he sits for two weeks, he comes back, he gets ready to go, and maybe he's not ready by opening day, but, you know, maybe by the home opener, April 11th. He is with the Orioles and in the lineup when fans show up to Camden Yards. That's best case scenario. There's no lingering effects. He's all good. Just needed a little bit of rest, as he said. He wasn't even sure how the injury happened, whether it was from hitting, whether it was from throwing, but he woke up on Tuesday with some soreness. Now they're calling it a tricep strain. Now the further tests he went through that didn't show any structural damage, so he's just going to be shut down for a couple of weeks here. But... What I will say, it's still worrying. And because he is the number one prospect in the system, the number one prospect in baseball, and an all-star and maybe MVP of the future, and what we hoped would be the Orioles' opening day catcher, it makes you worry just a little bit. Brandon Hyde just said this is just going to be a little blip on what's going to be a fantastic Major League career for Adley Rutschman. That's what Hyde said in his availability on Tuesday. But at the end of the day, it makes me worry a little bit. And for Adley Rutschman question becomes when will he come back and will this move into anything more significant we hope not but we will obviously continue to monitor this of course the other thing that goes along with this is we won't get to see Adley play in spring training games Masson announcing on Wednesday that they will be broadcasting a grand total of three Orioles spring training games on their air with the first one coming a week from today that is March 24th great Thanks, Masson, for your three games. What did we get? Two or three games last year as well. The Orioles deserve much better than what Masson gives them, but it's neither here nor I guess it is here and there, honestly, but whatever. Don't need to bash Masson. Done it enough on this podcast. However, we won't get to see Adley when that game is aired on Nesson this Sunday when the Red Sox are broadcasting the Orioles' third Major League Spring Training game. We could have gotten a chance to see Adley against Major League Caliber Pitching. We're not going to see that on Sunday. So he's going to be a little behind the eight ball. And even if things are all good after two and a half weeks, he's going to need to ramp up again, maybe go to extended spring. And this does, I will say, give the Orioles just a little bit of an excuse to hold him down in AAA for a bit and do a little bit of manipulation of that service time. Because say it takes the full three weeks. So he's back and ready to go on April 6th. That's two days before opening day. No way the Orioles put him on the opening day roster. So what they're going to do is probably send him directly to Norfolk. Because remember, the Norfolk Tides AAA season actually starts before the Orioles season starts. The Tides open play April 5th. The Orioles open play on April 8th. So what they'll probably do is they'll send Adley to Norfolk when the season starts. And he'll either start on opening day or maybe the next day with the Tides as he comes back. And it'll be an excuse to have him play at least for a week down in Norfolk and kind of get back the spring training games that he missed. And then once he's down there for a week, the Euros will say, well, why can't he be down there for two weeks or three weeks? And then all of a sudden, they've passed that threshold of getting the extra year of service time, and then they bring him up. So I can see how this might snowball, even if it doesn't become a huge injury concern for Adley Rutschman. But we will see how it plays out. Hopefully, hopefully, he is all good. But in terms of how this might impact the Orioles and their catching position well we do know who's going to be the starting catcher to open the season now because 
you know, unless everything goes perfectly, I'm working under the assumption that Adley Rutschman will not be on the opening day roster now, which means Robinson Chirinos, who the Orioles signed earlier this week, and you can check out Monday's episode where I broke down the Chirinos signing on a one-year major league deal. He's going to be the Orioles starting catcher. And if you want to learn more about Chirinos, go back to Monday's episode, broke down his whole career, what he was like last year, 2021, with the Chicago Cubs and what he could bring to the Orioles this year. But at the end of the day, he's a 37-year-old catcher who's still got a solid bat and has been an average to below average defensive catcher, but got a lot better in his framing numbers in 2021. So they'll have that. And then it just kind of reopens that backup catcher question. You know, we kind of thought for a while, Adley will be the starter and all these guys in camp will be fighting for the backup. Then they sign Chirinos and we think, okay, Rutschman Chirinos are your two catchers. Now Adley goes down with his triceps injury and you're back to Chirinos as your starting catcher. And the question is, who is the number two catcher on the roster? Obviously, there are multiple options. You have the two guys the Orioles brought in on minor league deals this offseason, Anthony Benboom and Jacob Nottingham. And then, you know, you have a couple other guys in that conversation who are in major league camp which includes a guy like Brett Cumberland, who's been hanging around in AAA for a while now with the Orioles. You've got a guy like Cody Roberts, who is in Major League Camp as well. And an outside chance for Maverick Hanley. I mean, he hasn't even played in AA. It probably won't be him, but he's in Major League Camp too. But at the end of the day, if I had to guess now, I would say it's a combination of Chirinos and Nottingham as the two catchers. Jacob Nottingham has you know more experience, you could say, at the major league level than Ben Boom. He's had more success at the major league level, at least at the dish. Uh, he can really hit left-handers well from the right side of the plate. He handled an incredible pitching staff in his time in Milwaukee over the past couple of years. I would give the edge to Nottingham. We'll see how it plays out. Cumberland could be in the mix. Ben Boom could be in the mix, but I would guess it's Chirinos and Nottingham as the catchers on opening day if indeed this injury issue keeps Adley out, which uh, unfortunately I think it will. And Honestly, with the things you know, we were hearing about Adley Rutschman, I was on board. I thought the Orioles really were going to put him on the opening day roster and just you know not care about the service time thing. But now they're going to have kind of a good excuse to keep him down for a bit, and it looks like he's not going to be on the opening day roster, which is just unfortunate, to be honest with you. And uh, I would love to see him. Hopefully, injury-wise, it's all good. And we can see Adley Rutschman sooner rather than later. But something that, you know, you don't have to wait for like Adley Rutschman. And, and maybe if you are waiting for Adley to come up and you're saying, I'm not watching Orioles baseball until Adley is in the big leagues. Well, you can maybe take some time to check out a new book. And if you're ready to discover your purpose and leave an impact wherever you go, you can check out Mission Possible. It's written and read by New York Times bestselling author and athlete Tim Tebow. And it encourages you to find your inspiration, pursue your purpose, and create a life for yourself that counts. Ignite a new spark in your life through this new inspirational listen. Mission Possible by Tim Tebow is available everywhere. Audiobooks are sold. So, Adley Rutschman, probably not going to be on the opening day roster. But the Orioles brought back two guys on minor league deals this week who potentially could be on the opening day roster. Two right-handed pitchers who were with the O's last season, and they were re-signed to minor league deals this week. So let's start with the first one, and that is Chris Ellis. And I think of all the guys who the Orioles kind of, you know, waved and got rid of out of the bullpen at the end of last season, Ellis seemed to be the number one guy 
who would be brought back. Maybe Marcos Duplan was number one, but Ellis was a close second. And he, he had such an interesting season. I felt like the Orioles just had to give him another shot to show what he can do. And if you're Ellis, I understand why. You know, maybe the Orioles offered him a minor league deal multiple times. Maybe they offered it, you know, right after they let him go. But he was probably trying to see if he could get a major league deal. And I don't blame him. Of course, you know, if you're not as familiar with Ellis or have just forgotten anything that happened before the lockout, 29-year-old right-handed pitcher, former third-round pick at the Angels in 2014, who, you know, played in the minors with the Angels, with the Cardinals, with the Royals, and then finally got to the majors with the Royals in 2019 through one single inning, and then did not get back to the majors until Tampa Bay in 2021, after he was putting up not great numbers in AAA with Tampa Bay, but was a starter there. The Rays called him up for one appearance against the Orioles, and he threw four scoreless innings in that appearance, and then the Rays DFA'd him off the 40-man roster, and the Orioles put in a claim. And he came to the O's, and we thought, okay, you know, we've seen this guy. He'll probably just be another addition to the revolving Orioles bullpen. But no, because the Orioles still didn't have John Means, and they still didn't have Bruce Zimmerman, and they were dealing with, you know, guys like Keegan Aiken going to the bullpen, Dean Kramer not being there, and inconsistency from Alex Wells and Zach Lowther, and, you know, Matt Harvey was having his up and downs, and all these different guys. The Orioles just said, Chris Ellis, you've been a starter in the minors. You're now a starter in the majors for the Baltimore Orioles. And he did his job better than we could have expected last year. Chris Ellis threw 25 and a third innings over six starts for the Orioles down the stretch. He had a 2.15 ERA. Now, that's pretty good. The expanded numbers, not so good for Chris Ellis. To be honest with you, he got a little lucky. Only 7 Ks per 9 for Chris Ellis in his time in the majors. And if you just look at the Orioles numbers, 5.7 Ks per 9, 4.6 walks per 9. Not a sustainable number to have that low of an ERA. In the 25 and a third innings he threw, he allowed only 18 hits and seven runs, but he walked 13 batters and struck out 16. That ratio right there, if he kept throwing and throwing, his ERA was going to jump well above 2.15. And that's where a stat like FIP and a stat like expected ERA really shows you what should have happened for Chris Ellis. His total ERA in the bigs was 215. It was 249 with the Orioles. His expected ERA was 5.48, according to Fangraphs. That takes into account all the extra numbers, not just the earned runs and the innings, but you know, with the walks you give up and the hits you give up and how hard the ball is hit against you. You know, it brings that all together to show more of a stat of how your ERA maybe should have been if it was played out for a longer longer sample size. And how about the FIP as well, fielding independent pitching, a stat that tries to, you know, put you on an average defensive team or, you know, put you on a different ballpark or, you know, factor in other things where, you know, it's just about the pitcher and not about the def- how the defense plays behind him or, you know, basically getting lucky. It kind of takes luck out of it. The FIP for Ellis was 5.22 with the Orioles. So those numbers around 5 are what his ERA probably should have been, but it was only 2.15. And that's why Chris Ellis on one side with the 2.15 ERA went for the Major League deal. But the 5 FIP, that's why he didn't get the Major League deal. And that's most likely why he's back with the Orioles on a Minor League deal. So the question becomes, what is next for Chris Ellis this season. In terms of stuff, you know, he threw a lot of fastballs 
last year. And, you know, he was kind of a, a high spin rate guy who went to that fastball with the Orioles, but he threw a lot of sliders as well. You know, it was about 48% fastballs, 94, 95. Then he threw a lot of sliders, 31% sliders, about an 86-mile-per-hour pitch. Basically a fastball slider guy. He threw in a couple of curveballs, threw in a couple of change-ups here and there, but he's really a fastball slider guy. And at the end of the day, I think he's a reliever. I don't think he's a starter long-term. You know, he never went past five innings. Not that many Orioles starters did last year, but he was really kind of dancing his way through, tiptoeing his way through, you know, those five-inning, one-run starts that he would give the Orioles. But I think he could be a guy who can still help you in maybe two to three-inning stints out of the bullpen. And so that's where Ellis is going to try to find a role for the Orioles. And to be honest with you, you know, the O's have a lot of these, you know, fringe starters in camp. All the younger guys like Wells and Lowther and Aiken and, and Bauman and Kramer and, you know, the list goes on and on. But Ellis is a guy who has had a little more success than those guys, at least. He's a little bit older at 29, and he already has kind of fine-tuned his stuff because of his time with the Rays to know what works for him and what pitches don't really work for him. So at the end of the day for Ellis, he's going to compete for an opening day bullpen role in spring training. There's not going to be a starting rotation role out there for him, especially if the Orioles do what I think they'll do and sign another starter. But, you know, with a guy like Thomas Eshelman not in camp, who the Orioles have not chosen to re-sign, maybe Ellis is in that role where maybe there's a start for him, but he's kind of the long guy. He can pitch a couple of innings out of the bullpen. I'm not saying he's going to make the opening day roster, but with the success he had with Baltimore last year, I think there's at least a chance for Ellis and, you know, a solid job by the O's to at least go and get him on another minor league deal. But... The Orioles did bring in one more right-handed pitcher from last year to bring back to the bullpen. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about rockauto.com because, you know, we talk about the Orioles with Connor Green and Chris Ellis, you know, always going back to them. Rockauto.com is somewhere you can also always go back to because unlike the car dealership, where you keep going back there, and they basically try to tell you how little you know about cars and how much they know about cars. I know I don't know anything about cars. I know I drive a car. I know I like my Honda CRV. When something's wrong with it, I don't know what I need to do. But if you go to rockauto.com, it becomes so much easier. They have all the parts you can possibly need. The website is super easy to explore and use. And here's the best part. You save money. You can get, you know, 50% off basically the prices that you would pay at a dealership or a chain store you get them at rockauto.com and they're used to serving everybody from people who know every single thing about their car to people like me who don't know much but are just looking for a good price and to get the part that they need so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on orioles in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we get to the final player that the Orioles brought in this week on a minor league deal and brought back to the Oriole bullpen, and that is Connor Green. And this is another one that isn't too surprising because despite him not having as much success as a guy like a Chris Ellis had last year, with the way the O's used him down the stretch, thought it would be a pretty easy decision for Baltimore to bring him back, and the Orioles did sign Connor Green back to a minor league deal with, of course, an invite to big league spring training. So the vitals on Connor Green, 26 years old, although he'll actually be 27 in a couple weeks before opening day. So an age 27 season for the 6'4 right-hander, who was a seventh-round pick of the Blue Jays back 
in 2013. Now, he had gone through the minors with Toronto, with St. Louis, with Kansas City, but he finally broke into the big leagues with the Orioles last season after the O's signed him to a minor league deal last offseason. It was kind of an interesting year for Connor Green because he got called up by the Orioles, he pitched not great early, and then the O's actually DFA'd him, and then he was claimed by the Los Angeles Dodgers, his hometown team, and he went and he pitched for the Dodgers for just a bit, pitched two games through two innings, did not give up a run, and the Dodgers just basically needed a bullpen arm that they could get on short notice. They got green. He pitched those two scoreless innings, and then he was gone. He was DFA'd by the Dodgers, and guess who came right back to get him? That was the Baltimore Orioles. So between his two stints with the Orioles, Green threw in 22 games out of the bullpen, and in 23 and a third innings, he had a 7.71 ERA. But here's the difference with Connor Green. He had the 7.71 ERA. However, the FIP for Green on the season was just 3.60. The expected ERA was right around 4. So unlike Ellis, who had this really good ERA, but all his peripheral stats said the ERA should be worse and it will get worse if he pitches more, Green was the opposite. Green had the bad ERA that was almost 8 in his 23 and a third innings with the Orioles, but his stuff, his peripherals, how the ball was hit off him, all those numbers showed that his ERA should have been a lot better and probably would have gotten better had he gotten more of a sample size, which means you can be kind of excited about what Connor Green brings to the table. Now, in terms of what he did with the Orioles last year, again, 23 and a third innings, he had the 7-7-1 ERA, but he still was able to put together at least some solid strikeout numbers. He struck out 24 batters, walked 12 in the 23 and a third innings. While, you know, he did allow 30 hits and he did allow 20 earned runs, and that's not a great number, but he picked up a hold with the Orioles last season and, you know, he pitched in some high leverage spots. Brandon Hyde went to him multiple times in, you know, close games in the seventh and eighth innings and, and trusted him and knew that he had some solid stuff. And I got to be honest, the stuff is pretty good for Connor Green. That is something, you know, he's always thrown hard. And he's always been a guy who's had that good stuff. Teams have just continued and continue to try to get Green to put it all together. And he hasn't done it quite yet, but you could see the signs of that starting last year with the Orioles. Now, he had an interesting pitch mix. You know, 47% of the time he threw his fastball. It was 96, 97. We saw him hit 98 a few times. And just like Ellis, he threw a lot of sliders. 32% sliders. It's about an 86-mile-per-hour pitch. Got some really good spin on that one. And then he does have a good big curveball. Throws it about 12% of the time. It's 78, 79 miles an hour, a slower pitch for him. And he'll toss in a changeup here and there. Throws it about 8% of the time on that changeup. But... Really, you know, the fastball slider combination is what gets Green going. And, you know, when you add in that curveball, which from time to time, you know, was his best pitch at times in terms of effectiveness, although he only threw it 12% of the time, he's got three solid pitches with good fastball velocity. He can throw it up in the zone. I kind of like Connor Green. And to be honest with you, if you had to ask me to pick one of these two relievers we're talking about to make the opening day bullpen, Despite Ellis having a way better ERA, this should tell you, you know, teams aren't looking at ERAs. They're looking at stuff. They're looking at effectiveness. They're talking, looking at expected values. They're looking at spin rates. They're looking at how you project for the next season. I think the Orioles would, and I definitely would, take Connor Green over Chris Ellis to get a bullpen spot, especially because, you know, neither is going to get a rotation spot. 
Green has shown he's more effective in those shorter stints. And, you know, I said this on Twitter when the Orioles officially brought back Green earlier in the week. You could tell from the way that Brandon Hyde used Green in those more high leverage situations down the stretch in 2021 that the Orioles definitely plan to, at the very least, get a better look at him. And the reason why they're getting a better look at a minor league signing is because they're seriously considering bringing him back for 2022. And although it happened a little later in the process, they do just that with a minor league deal. So I honestly like Connor Green. I like his stuff a lot better than Ellis. And I do think that Green, if I had to guess right now, I would say Connor Green makes the opening day bullpen. Now, he's not going to be a high leverage guy. He's probably going to be one of the last players to make the team. But if I had to put money on it, I would say there's better than a 50% chance of Connor Green making the opening day bullpen. Now, again, we haven't seen him pitch in any minor league games or spring training games, I should say. So if he you know, goes out there and gets rocked a bunch of times and the Orioles aren't happy with how his stuff looks you know, after the lockout, maybe that changes. But from what we know right now, I'd give an edge to Connor Green. I like the Orioles brought him back, and I think he could have a shot in this bullpen on opening day. But that's who the Orioles brought back on some minor league deals, Chris Ellis and Connor Green. And we'll be back tomorrow here on the podcast to talk about more minor league deals. We're finally going to get to a couple of these minor league deals. We had two guests on the pod coming up tomorrow. We will talk about Andres Angulo, a catcher the Orioles brought in on a minor league deal. He was with the Giants system in AA last year. And we'll talk about Wes Robertson, a right-handed pitcher who was in the red system last year who the O's brought in on a minor league deal. And we'll have a couple of minor league broadcasters on the pod who watched those guys last season come on and talk to us about how they could help the Orioles and whether either of them could maybe get to the major leagues in 2022. But until then, you know, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube if you haven't already. Like, follow, subscribe to the pod wherever you listen as well. Leave a rating and a review. Again, that really, really helps out the podcast. We thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen. If you are looking for a second listen, maybe check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby does a great job hosting that pod over there covering all things prospects. And he does talk a good amount of Orioles because, listen, this is one of the best systems in baseball. And, you know, even though Adley Rutschman's injured, hopefully it's just for a short time. We still got Grayson Rodriguez, still got D.L. Hall out there. There was a good picture on Wednesday of those two chatting baseball at minor league, or I should say major league camp, I guess, at this point. But uh, get excited about those two guys because the way Mike Elias talked this week, maybe Hall and Rodriguez are up in the bigs a little sooner than we think. But that will do it for today's episode. Again, we're back tomorrow to finish out the week talking about some more minor league signings that the Orioles have made. Hey, unless they make another big league signing, then we'll of course be breaking down that on tomorrow's pod. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 